What's going on, everyone? Welcome to Smart Business Solutions, the official podcast of GBS, America's productivity partner. Each episode, we are going to explore some of the biggest threats and challenges in today's business world and the vast amount of solutions GBS offers to meet them. Well, hello, and welcome back to Smart Business Solutions. This is your host, Rich Lalo. And with me today on the phone is Ryan Hackett, Account Executive and Solutions Architect for GBS in our healthcare division. Uh, Ryan began his career at GBS in 2012 with over eight years of experience in the healthcare industry. He was originally hired by GBS as an implementation specialist and then joined the healthcare consulting team. He served for 18 months as an on-site project manager for a major healthcare client of GBS's, and in 2016 accepted a position as a solutions architect and was promoted to an account executive position in 2018. So on today's show, just some of the topics we're going to be discussing, we're going to look at the types of problems that medical providers face when running their practices the solutions that GBS provides to help providers solve those problems, the benefits that the solutions that GBS offers to both providers and the patients, and some thoughts on the future and and maybe what a trip to the doctor might look like in in coming years. So with that, Ryan, I want to welcome you to the show and thank you again for taking your time and being with us today. We've been looking forward to having this discussion with you. Yeah, thank you very much, Rich. I appreciate the invitation and definitely looking forward to running through some of this information uh, with you and and our listeners. Awesome. Awesome. Great. All right. So let's uh, let's jump into your your background a little bit. Kind of covered a little bit of it in the in the introduction there. But tell us a little bit about your experience at GBS and, and your background in the healthcare industry. So yes, you were correct. I, I started with GBS in 2012. Prior to 2012, I was actually uh, working for a large healthcare system in central Ohio. I took a position with Ohio Health mm. as a IT physician liaison. So it really opened my eyes to, you know, the technical side of healthcare. This was back before Ohio Health had moved to Epic. So they ran a lot of disparate systems and ancillary solutions. So, you know, we would be the front line receiving the calls from the providers direct and then would obviously help triage whatever was going on and then escalate when needed. So it really opened my eyes to not only the the variety of, of solutions and ancillary solutions that Ohio Health utilized, but it also put me on a, a level playing field per se with those providers because you know you were the one providing the support and resolving issues to get them back to what matters most, which is patient care. Right. So I was with I was with Ohio Health from 2008 to 2012, and then when I came on board uh, at GBS, as you mentioned, I started as an implementation specialist. So. I would travel week to week to our client locations and would actually be facilitating the provider and ancillary staff training. So I was teaching them how to utilize NextGen, teaching them best practices, you know, getting them prepared for either, you know, a go live if it was a new client or, 
you know, maybe a relaunch if they were upgrading to a newer version or whatever it may be. I held that position for about two years before moving on to our healthcare consulting team. The healthcare consulting team, in addition to, you know, continuing to train and implement, we would assess current state. So we would go into our clients or partner locations and we would assess what they had going on from free registration all the way through patient checkout and post-operative care if applicable, obviously depending what specialty we were working in that particular week. But we would assess, we would bring those assessments back to our teams and collectively our implementation team, our consulting team, our development team, everyone would get together and come up with a prescription per se of what we would be recommending to improve the current state of our clients and partners. After I worked with the consulting division for a couple of years, I moved into a role as a solutions architect. You know, you're kind of getting the theme here. We were still training, we were still consulting, but now the new layer for me was when we would bring those assessments back we would start to work more directly with our IT folks to present them with findings, provide them with you know specifications of what we decided was the route that we would recommend to move in. And then we would work with those technical folks to actually build out proprietary software or custom solutions that are, you know, now some of them still exist, GBS proprietary software. So the solutions architect was really cool. It was, it was bundling everything I had done up to that point and then exposing me to, you know, our wonderful development team that you give them these specifications and it's amazing what they come up with. Shortly after taking the solutions architect role, I had the opportunity to, with a, a colleague retiring down in our central region, took a, a position as an account executive. So, you know, again, just compiling on all of those other positions, still training, still consulting, still working with IT folks up to come up with custom solutions. Now I started to work directly with some of my own accounts. So... You know, I would say that, you know, some would challenge that it was an unorthodox rise to, you know, kind of a, a client liaison or account executive role from where I started because I never would have imagined doing something like that. But in all honesty, it's worked out extremely well. I feel as though, you know, GDS put me in a position to not only learn about all of our solutions, all of our proprietary software, all of our partner solutions. But then when you actually go and start to work with your own clients, it makes it that much easier to truly present the solutions that are going to increase efficiency, increase bottom line revenues. And at the end of the day, help our clients maximize utilization of the platform that they utilize. So I feel like I've kind of seen all spectrums of our healthcare division, but the opportunities that GBS has presented have made every transition extremely easy. So yeah, that's kind of where we sit here today. It's uh, going on three years um, in my account executive role and, and everything is going very well. 
No, that's that's fantastic. And I, I appreciate you kind of walking us through that, Ryan, uh, kind of step by step, because I think it really it really shows how you you've kind of you've experienced everything sort of from A to Z. I mean, you've been kind of right in the in the trenches from the very beginning and you kind of know how things work from the ground level up. And then you're able to to kind of recognize and see those you know, those problems and match those solutions with it. So I think that's really important for, for people to understand that, you know, someone like yourself brings a lot of expertise to, to your position. And, you know, when you're talking to folks, you know, you, you know what you're talking about. So I think that's great. And I, and I appreciate you kind of walking us through that. So let me ask you this, when you go into say a, a provider for the first time, maybe a potential new client, what are and and you start doing your evaluations and you start doing your studies what are some of the problems and i guess challenges within the practice that you typically see so to touch on a few first and foremost hands down without question is software underutilization whether that be on the practice management side of the house when we're talking billing coding scheduling all of those good things or we're talking on the clinical side of the house, on the electronic health record side, I would say that 99 out of 100 clients, whether they know it or not, tend to underutilize their their software solutions. You know, I think the, the software solutions and the technology has come so far and you can do so much. Uh, you know, we understand that our clients and partners, they have their daily duties. And it truly is up to us to be that that consultative partner and to be that voice that not only educates them, but exposes them to the latest and greatest. Because we know that sometimes it's just very difficult to have somebody in-house that's able to keep up with all the nuances and all the new tips and tricks that come out with every single release of any platform, as I mentioned, on the practice management side or the EHR side. Right. So I would I would say first and foremost, software underutilization. Something I always like to mention to my clients and partners, and it may sound funny, but you know, we can make next gen dance. We could make these solutions dance. We could make them do so many things that people are unaware of. And when you bring the the ideas and the additional functionality to your clients. It, it's amazing the efficiencies that it leads to. And also, you know, just an ease of use thing. So you know, the, the tools and things that we bring to the table and the recommendations that we bring to the table generally are going to make people's lives easier. Not necessarily up front, because we all know what comes along with learning new workflows and, and, and learning new things. There's a learning curve. Everyone adopts to new differently. But at the end of the day, I can sit back in confidence and say, you know, six months down the road, after you adopt this change and this change becomes your new norm, life is definitely easier on the back end. In addition to software <clears throat> underutilization, I think two of the other big things are workflow inefficiencies. So again, whether they be practice management related or whether they be on the clinical side of the house, I, I just think there's tons of opportunities to enhance folks uh, in their current state, the way that they do their business now. So workflow inefficiencies would be another. And then at the end of the day, our clients and our partners are running a business. So 
we always like to think from the clinical perspective that, you know, this is patient first, which it is. It's all about the patient. But we also need to sustain and we sustain by generating revenue. So I would say that inefficiencies within the revenue cycle management continuum are big too. What we've found in the last couple of years is that the machine is working much more efficiently than the man or the woman. And what I mean by that is we bring automation to the revenue cycle management continuum. We bring artificial intelligence to the revenue cycle management continuum. We're leveraging this business intelligence to automate the processes to get paid more quickly and to get a lower percentage of claim denial rates for our clients. So again, you know, sometimes it's bringing in a blend of automation and additional end user education because you may want to bill, you know, have certain teams billing by payer and those billing teams work with specific payers or, you know, it's just bringing a standardization to the whole process. So I guess to, to recap, I would say software underutilization, I would say workflow inefficiencies, and I would say anything that, that evolves around the revenue cycle management continuum. Great. Okay. So then my next question is, you, th- those are the problems that you, you, you typically see. How do you go about evaluating practice to, to identify those problems? What, what process do you use to, to do that, to identify those things? Yeah, that's a, a great follow-up question, Rich. Our healthcare consulting division offers a service that we call the, the workflow study. Hmm. So when our consulting division deploys consultants to a client site, they'll complete the workflow study. Now, when I say workflow study, I'm talking soup to nuts. I'm talking from patient pre-registration all the way through patient checkout. And in certain cases, like I mentioned before, if there's any type of post-operative care plan, that will be included in your clinical workflow study. So generally what happens is someone like myself that was more focused on the clinical side of the house, we would call them an EHR consultant, will partner up with one of our experts on the practice management side, one of our PM experts or consultants, And we would tag team a clinical workflow study. And again, Hmm. what that tag team is doing is they're going in, they're going to assess current state, again, from pre-registration to to checkout. They're going to do multiple days of on-site observation and assessment. What that tag team or duo does is they compile all of their findings, they bring those back to the team, And then you literally wrap a business plan around, these are our assessments, this is what we saw, these are our recommendations, and this is what we think our recommendations will do to your current state. So in essence, we're going to identify how this is going to benefit you, whether it be from a a monetary perspective, an FTE perspective, uh, simply a time, I mean, time is money. But from a time perspective, so, you know, again, it's, it's, a, it's a holistic approach. And by that, I mean all, all hands on deck are, are individuals who completed the workflow study, 
our our developers, our our RCM team, our you know practice management and EHR teams. Everybody adds input before we present what we call our executive findings. So you know that executive findings document is really our final product that we present to our clients and partners at the end of the workflow study, both the practice management and the electronic health record. So hopefully that makes sense. It's, it's really, a, you know, like I said, a holistic approach to assessing, compiling those assessments, making the recommendation and highlighting what the benefits would be to moving forward with our consultants recommendations. Oh, that's great. That's a great summary of that. Thank you. Okay, so then you, you, you do the study, you go in, you do the observations, you come up with recommendations, present those to the client. So g- give me an idea of, you know, typically what are some of the solutions, you know, again, on a typical basis and in a general sense, some of the solutions that you, you end up recommending to clients to improve their, their business and their operations? Sure. So I think I'll directly correlate my answers to the three items that we highlighted back when you were asking about the issues that you identify when you go on site, or like Mm -hmm. we like to refer to them as opportunities to improve current state. So we had mentioned the, the, the software underutilization. So when we talk underutilization, there's bells and whistles in every electronic platform, whether they be on the practice management side coming up with a nice auto flow workflow on the practice management side, what the auto flow is, is pretty much staging your workflow before you utilize the software so that you just click by click flow through the exact items that you need to review with the patient. So, you know, maybe that's getting a HIPAA form signed, getting a new insurance card scanned, getting a driver's license scanned, confirming their insurance, any of those types of things. Of, and again, I'm, I'm more of a clinical guy. So when I talk PM, it's going to be more high level on the practice management side. But, you know, so the auto flow, that's a, a nice tool that, you know, most folks use. I would say 99 out of 100 of our clients probably already leverage the auto flow. Hmm. But when you move over to the clinical side of the house on the electronic health record side of the house, there are all types of, of tools that drive efficiency. So there are the opportunity to build favorite medication lists. So providers can with one click prescribe medications. There are diagnosis favorite lists. So by specialty, Generally, providers have a bucket of ICD-10 codes that they utilize on the regular, and we can build out that list so we're eliminating the search and discovery for them and allowing them to quickly identify, click, and load an ICD-10 code into a patient's record. We have template defaults. You know, so a good example about template defaults is providers can build a foundation So that let's say, you know, let's give an example of a provider in the ortho space. Every time they see a broken kneecap, the plan of care is generally similar. You know, it may vary based on age of the patient or or things of that nature. But generally speaking, that the way that you care for and the 
care plan that you provide is generally similar. So we'd be able to create template defaults that, you know, minimize the clicks of the provider. At the end of the day, when we talk underutilization and we're coming in as that consultative voice, my goal is to minimize clicks. I want that provider to be engaged as little as possible with their keyboard and computer and as much as possible with the patient. Because like we talked about, patient is key. Patient care is primary. Patient satisfaction is a very important thing too. So we still want that that provider-patient interaction to be there, but we also want to allow them to document as efficiently and as accurately as possible because obviously accurate patient medical records are are very important in this industry especially when it comes to a a continuity of care perspective so on the underutilization side i mean i could i could talk for days about all the tools but i would definitely say that the auto flow functionality template defaults favorites lists all of those Mm. things help me help a client or partner decrease the time spent on the electronic platform and maximize the time spent face-to-face with that patient. That's awesome. And, and you know, I guess what I kind of hear you saying too, Ryan, is that, you know, you're, you may not even necessarily be recommending new products or new solutions. You're, you're looking to really help, again, maximize what the, the provider's already using. You're, you're giving them increased knowledge, tips, and shortcuts on how to do things better with what they already have. So you're, you're that expert coming in and telling them, hey, this is a better way to do it and to use the, the resources you already have to improve your business. And I think that's, that's a really unique aspect of what we do, what you guys do as consultants. It may not always be about selling another product. It's just about using what you have more efficiently. And I think that's, I think that's an important distinction to make. So I appreciate you saying that. So, yeah, no, you, you hit it spot on. It's, it's not all about, you know, additional sales. Now, that's not to say that there are definitely ancillary solutions that, that may come with the cost that we recommend. But right. you know, first, first and foremost, we always like to identify and focus on the tools that you already have and how do we improve your utilization of those tools. So to kind of switch over so in addition to the template defaults and favorites and all of those things you know when we're talking about workflow inefficiencies we did touch on some but let's say you know what's a what's a client or partner's process when they're reminding patients of appointments you know they may be doing that manually so if they're doing that manually are we missing some calls Uh, do we not have resources to make those calls are we seeing high no-show rates or or cancellation rates. You know, if we see stuff like that throughout our our workflow study, then we may go down the route of an ancillary solution. Mm -hmm. In that case, case, it would be integrating an automated calling suite. So with an automated calling suite, you literally stage your reminder text messages and or reminder calls and or reminder emails. And what that's doing is ensuring that you're minimizing your no-show rates and ensuring that you're minimizing your cancellations by not catching patients off guard. Obviously, in this crazy world that we live now, 
everyone has so many things going on, sometimes their doctor's appointment may fall by the wayside. So, you know, that's just one example of an ancillary solution that may cost an additional money or an upcharge, but something that we would recommend based on our assessment of the client or partner having high volumes of no-shows and or cancellations. And then lastly, you know, we talked about the revenue cycle management efficiencies. To give you an example of enhancing your current platform, you know, we can recommend. So let's say that we go in and we assess that a client has high, strikingly high denial rates or their their patient obligation, you know, is moving into the legacy or 90 day plus bucket and, and we can't figure out what's going on. Any issue that you identify on the revenue cycle management, you know, side of the house, if we were talking denial rates, we have an engine that is proprietary software that's called advanced pre-billing. And, and again, based on what our assessment was during our workflow study, if we noticed that denial rates were high, we would recommend something like the advanced pre-billing. And what that is, is it is an engine that you lay down that automatically, based on, you know, artificial intelligence and, and patterns and, and all of those things, will scrub claims and clients and partners can build custom rules to ensure that certain claims have modifiers attached based on what the diagnosis was and all that good stuff. But again, not to get into, you know, the nitty gritty, because, you know, I'm sure we're going to have an opportunity to, to, if we haven't already, work with our revenue cycle team on a podcast as well. But that would be a, an opportunity that we identify through our workflow study to say, hey, we're going to recommend this tool and we think it's going to cut your denial rates in half. Well, what that will inevitably do is get our clients and partners paid faster and obviously decrease the amount of work they're having to do on any claims that may have been denied. So that kind of, you know, summarizes and gives an example of, you know, the underutilization. And then we work with the defaults and favorites and all of those good things, enhancing the, the solution that they already have, like you said, Rich. And then, you know, inefficiencies in the workflow and, and identifying ancillary solutions that may help. And then evaluating your revenue cycle, understanding what your current financial state is, and then making recommendations that would, in essence, help improve our, our clients and partners' current state. That concludes part one of our episode featuring Ryan Hackett, account executive and solutions architect for GBS in our healthcare division. We hope you've enjoyed the show and ask that you join us again next time as we continue our discussion with Ryan on the current challenges that medical providers are facing today and the solutions that GBS offers to meet them. So join us then and thanks again for listening. This show has been a production of GBS. For more information on the topics discussed today or the solutions offered, contact us at marketing at gbscorp.com. That's marketing at gbscorp.com. Or you can call at 800-552-2427. And lastly, check us out on the web at www.gbscorp.com. That's www.gbscorp.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on any future episodes.